Well, this is John Murphy. My pleasure to welcome you to this podcast. Dr. Jose Elaine Sahel. Dr. Sahel is the chair of the Department of Ophthalmology at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, and he's a world-renowned scientist and physician. Dr. Sahel, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Well, thank you. This is a special occasion because this is the 200th podcast in the series, and we appreciate you joining us for this particular discussion. So, Dr. Sahel, you have a variety of interesting programs, pioneering programs. Perhaps the best way to highlight a few things, maybe in terms of the front of the eye and the back of the eye. Yes, currently uh, at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, we have many areas that are relevant to regenerative medicine. The first area is relevant to the cornea. There is a history of research in cornea, which has always been very strong in Pittsburgh. This is probably one of the strongest places in the world with many scientists. And one of the most famous is Jim Funderburg, who uh, many years ago was the first to identify stem cells in uh, one of the main layers of the cornea, which is the stroma and actually really developed a lot of research on stem cells in the cornea that led not only to understand the basic mechanism of regeneration in the cornea, but also to therapies to be able to fix some of the scarring issue in the cornea, some scars following infections or trauma. And this work was brought progressively from the bench to the bedside, and with pioneering work of one of his collaborators, uh, namely I Ching Du, we really worked with him on the identification of that, and he's now an independent scientist in the department doing exciting work on stem cells. And at the same time, he had a postdoc was coming from India, and they developed together this approach to be able to deliver that to patients, and started with a small trial that was published several years ago in a very important journal, and now close to 100 patients have benefited from this therapy, and the results are really astounding, very, very good effect on the scar, on visual acuity, and now the plan is to develop that further to be able to provide that to more people by standardizing the manufacturing, understanding better the mechanism of action. Jim has continued the work to identify the signaling which is underlying this effect. And so this is a very promising area for dealing with the currently untreatable corneal scarring following infection or trauma or anything. So this is one of the, of the important programs. We have also research going on on glaucoma using stem cells or other approaches, and again, Iching Du is, is part of that. And as you know, I have been working for many, many years, too many years probably, on the retina, and especially trying to cope with blinding disease as a result of aging and of genetic disorders. And so currently, the programs we are developing both in Pittsburgh, but also in Paris, where I'm still the director of the institute, are dealing with a gene therapy to correct the gene defects, but also to deliver factors that can promote the survival of the cells. We identified in Paris through uh, many years of work the signaling pathways between photoreceptors that sustain the viability of photoreceptors. The photoreceptors are the cells that catch the light and convert that into electrical signal, which is driving the responses to light and start vision process. And so we have identified these proteins and they are now getting into clinical trial. But other approaches to target various cell types in the retina, and one of the scientists I recruited from the University of Berkeley, Leah Byrne, developed a very new strategy to identify and develop new vectors, to really develop new vectors to target specific cell types in the retina. And this is leading to very exciting work that is relevant both for retina and for the brain. 
At the same time, we are trying in regenerating the uh, retina using stem cells. There is a new technology that was developed by uh, Dr. Yamanaka in Japan, who got the Nobel Prize for that, which is called the iPS cells, cells that you can derive from any cell type. And most of the time, we take small skin biopsy, and we can develop from that any type of cell in the retina and actually even reconstruct a 3D tissue, 3D retina, what we call an organoid. And from that, we can hope to replace various cell types in the retina. Some are the photoreceptors, but some also can be the ganglion cells. And this actually connects us to a very important program that started before I came to Pittsburgh and is still going on, which is optic nerve regeneration, to try to regrow the optic nerve, which is now the main issue in visual disorders, is how to reconnect the eye and the brain. In lower species, this is happening very easily, but in mammalians, and especially in humans, this is not working. And so we have to identify the signaling. So I recruited the several very good faculty that are working together on seeing how we can regenerate the retina and the optic nerve. Susanna Da Silva, Takar, we have also Isam Aldiri, and Jeff Gross, who is really a leader in the field of regeneration of the retina, is leading some of his efforts. So we have a, a team and many more people coming working on that aspect. Another very exciting area we are developing is activation of cells using electrical activation. We develop prosthetic approaches that are now in clinical trials, but also what is called optogenetics, where we express in specific cell types in the retina, but also potentially in the brain, proteins that are sensitive to light that can restore function like a response to light and initiate vision. So we have a new program that was just funded by the RKM Foundation to recruit new faculty to work on the cortical mechanisms of vision to be able to restore some of these pathways and some of these responses in people that lost the eye or lost the optic nerve and cannot be treated at the ocular level but can be treated centrally. So these are some of the programs we are developing between Paris, Pittsburgh, and also a lot of collaborations across the world. Obviously, once you start to talk about vision rehabilitation, vision restoration, you need also to develop programs to train the people to use this new vision or vision they are getting back, part of it. Obviously, we are not yet able to propose something that would restore normal vision, but we want to restore useful vision, and you have to train the people to use the vision we are bringing back to them or preserving to them. So this is relevant to rehabilitation, and it's very nice that in the new building, it will be vision and also rehabilitation in a broad sense, but also applicable to the eye and vision. Thank you for that summary. So let me ask a couple questions. I know you're working on wireless retinal implants. So what is more promising, the artificial constructs like a retinal wireless retinal implant or just treating, for example, with stem cells to correct the defect? Well, we don't know yet. I mean, this is why we are conducting in parallel uh, these approaches. Also, some of the therapies that may work in one group of patients may not work in another group, so it's not one thing which is going to solve everything. The prosthetic vision device we have been developing, which is a partnership with Daniel Palanker at Stanford University and a company we created in Paris in conjunction with the Vision Institute, is a wireless chip, which is formed of 378 
photovoltaic chips, and these, these electrodes are reacting to infrared light. The light is providing both the signal and also the energy, and we are using a goggle system to project the light onto the eye together with the, uh, carrying out both the energy and the signal. So this is very promising. We have treated five patients in Paris. We are about to treat new patients here, and there is also a site at Bascom Palmer Institute in Miami. So these patients will try that in advanced age-related macular degeneration. And the results in Paris have been extremely good, so we hope this will be reproduced and expanded in a larger trial and at some point lead to approval. The other approaches, like the stem cell or optogenetics, are also in clinical trials. We don't know yet what is going to work best, but we believe that depending on the status of our retina, what cells are remaining, what circuitry is still active, we'll know better what is going to work best for individual patients. So this is something which we'll be learning from trials, and then there will be a panel of technologies. I just published a review on that which is really depicting the possibilities for patients depending on the stage of the disease and the hope you can have. We just came out in science translational medicine a few weeks ago. It's in a series they published for the celebration of the 10 years of the journal. And it just shows that we don't know yet what is going to work, but we believe that what is going to work will work in some group of patients and other technologies will work in other groups of patients. So one of the other topics received some interest is the concept of eye transplantation. What's the state of the art of that particular approach? So this is a program that started before I came here, that was launched, and one of the key scientists is Kia Washington. So this project is still ongoing, funded by the Department of Defense. Kia is now in Denver, Colorado, so there is a plan to keep collaboration and to keep working on that. What we believe is that eye transplantation, if it works one day, is really a moonshot, but if it's going to work one day, it's going to be depending on regenerating the optic nerve. So the main efforts we are focusing currently is on this key question. Another one would be corneal nerves regeneration. If you are not able to regenerate the optic nerve and the corneal nerve, this is not going to work. So we are focusing on these questions, and this will be part of a much larger vision, which is still there, but will take a lot of time. Even if eventually the wool eye transplant is not a full success, optic nerve regeneration is still a major concern for many patients with glaucoma, trauma, tumors, so still worth the endeavor. So this is still ongoing, but I have decided that we should focus on the key question rather than doing everything. So let me ask a question. It takes time to develop these technologies and validate them in the clinical studies. How do people learn to follow the particular work you and your colleagues are doing and when things might be available for a clinical trial? An important aspect is to really identify what patients would benefit from the clinical trials and what patients would not benefit. When you develop a new technology, you cannot test the technology in patients that still have good vision because you don't want to take any risk. So you have to test that in patients with advanced stages of a disease. And when you are at advanced stages of a disease, there may not be a real hope for a lot of recovery, at least some, but not a lot. So you have to go through this very narrow path where you have to show that this is safe and show some evidence for some efficiency before you can get into the real patient that would benefit most from the technology. And to do that, we have to rely on a very careful analysis on the visual pathways using imaging of the brain and the visual pathways, but also of the eye itself. 
So one of the recruits I brought from Rochester is Ethan Rossi, who is working on imaging at very high resolution the eye itself, so that we can visualize the cells in the retina, the cells that are forming the optic nerve, to know better what patient might benefit from therapies, but also to visualize the impact of the therapies on the cells, uh, whether you are protecting the cells and whether they are becoming functional. The other part of it at the end of the spectrum is that you have to show the benefit for patients. The benefit can be observed at the cell level, so you can visualize the cells, but also you want to see the function. So you want to show that patients are able to move in the street, at home, easier. They are avoiding obstacles. They are able to perform some tasks of daily life that are very important for them. And so we are also developing a lot of metrics on what we call the performance-based testing, what patients are able to do based on the vision they have and the vision we try to restore. So this is another very important part of a program we have here. Very good. Dr. Sahel, thank you for sharing this pioneering work, and your vision is inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. No, there are a lot of hope, and probably not everything will work, but hope is really to change the management of as many diseases as possible to help as many people as possible. Dr. Sahel, thank you for joining us and celebrating the 200th podcast on the Regenerative Medicine Today series. And we'll list Dr. Sahel's website on the podcast website, and you can follow that if you have more interest. I'd like to thank our listeners for listening. You're welcome comments at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for sponsors this podcast series. Until we meet again, thank you for listening. <laughs>